Yo, welcome to the Wave Report. We got another episode. Like and subscribe to the page. I have a special, special guest who y'all haven't seen in a while. Who's actually co-host of the Wave Report? Yeah, I was going to say I live here. I just been, I've been, I've been away for a while. You've been away for a while, Mr. Joe Waters. <laughs> Man, I'm happy to be home. Like this is, yeah, yeah I missed the table. Yeah, yeah. how you doing today? Yeah. Nah, it's it's been a minute. Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh, health for health reasons, been away for a bit, but. Uh, you know, it feels good to finally be back home. Where's my Kobe book? I gotta yeah. grab my Kobe yeah. book at some yeah. point. You feel me? Yeah, been a long time, man. Yeah, man. We gonna get into all that. Yeah, let's do it. I do feel like a lot of people don't get to know who we are on the Wave Report. I can admit that. So let's talk. We're gonna start with you and your New York attitude. <laughs> Where are you born? Man, where you come from? Okay. Start. Let's start with the back, the background. So where I'm born is I'm from Coney Island, New York. Um, I am from uh, uh, Brooklyn slash uh, uh, Bad News, Virginia. Mm-hmm. I lived pretty much in between the two places my entire, what do you call before you graduate high school? You say childhood? Is that childhood? Doesn't exist. Yeah, I, whatever, I was before, <laughs> whatever I was before I graduated high school, uh-huh. that's what, I, that's what uh, Newport News, Virginia, and uh, New York was. After that, here. Yeah. Been in Florida for a minute, uh, and quite frankly, you niggas crazy out here, and I like it. I'm, I'm, I think uh, crazy attracts crazy sometimes, so uh, mm-hmm. I don't understand half the words. I don't know what jugging music still is. I, nobody's ever taught me that. I just know niggas get wild and crazy about it. Uh, Tampa Tony, mm-hmm. I met him personally. His music was playing in front of me, and I couldn't tell you it was him. No. I, no, no disrespect to Florida. I love y'all. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what the hell joking music is. I, yeah. Niggas, nobody's ever taken the time to give me a proper education about it. Mm-hmm. But I digress. How did you get into music? What was your first foray? Because you are an artist yeah. in many facets, but yeah. you're also a content creator. Mm-hmm. Um, I sold drugs. And uh, <laughs> in my uh, neighborhood, uh, pretty much, um, I'm going to tell you 100% what got me into music was... Uh, uh, it was the Nas Hate Me Now beat. Uh-huh. So when that song first came out, it was 2000. And um, the niggas was playing uh, like DJ Clue tapes, uh-huh. uh, the professionals and stuff like that in the neighborhood. And then we would all get the instrumentals and everybody be rapping. And uh-huh. quite frankly, I was about getting the money even at that age. And I was like, yo, let me give it a shot. Uh-huh. I rap. I was better than the niggas that was rapping. And... I ain't looked back since. Uh, it's just, you know, hip hop is fun. So mm-hmm. sometimes, uh, you know, uh, the politics of things is like, yo, I wanted to make money. I wasn't making money, you know, selling free mixtapes. Right, right. So, as you've grown, right? Yeah. What was a life changing moment for you from being in the streets to positioning yourself to a more legal way of living? My brother, got, way? my brother got shot right beside me. Um, we were hanging out, just two regular niggas, um, you know, doing what we do on certain corners. Uh, and some niggas pulled up. We didn't recognize that the beef had nothing to do with us. We were just soldiers in a war that we didn't even know we was fighting. Mm-hmm. And I was a nigga that was smart enough to walk away at times. Mm-hmm. And, like, 
I kind of recognized that something might be going down. Right. My brother ain't really recognized that. No. So he'll pop off at the mouth type of nigga. And he popped off at the mouth. I tried to pull him away. He passed. When he passed, quite frankly, I was like, yo, I, need, I needed to find an escape. I came to Florida for spring break. No, not spring break. I came to Florida for a week in the summer. Right. And I was just, mom, what are we doing? My mom had already moved out here. So I just came out here just to chill for a little bit. And I never left. I ain't gonna hold you. Like, I actually was supposed to be here for a week. I stayed for 11 years. Yeah. Before I actually went back home. Like, I just stayed. So. Yeah, Joe. So you're an artist. Mm-hmm. You're a content creator. Yeah. Have you always aspired to be these things? Um... If I'm being honest, uh, no. Uh, I used to just, I really was all about getting money. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I sold drugs. So I don't want to beat around the bush. Uh, <laughs> that was my way of getting money. And in the neighborhood, niggas always try to sell you something. So I understood hustlers. Right. And hustlers used to always sell uh, little mixtapes. And I bought an instrumental tape once. Mm-hmm. And niggas always, my neighborhood would always be rapping. I just decided to start Jotting it down one day and mm-hmm. jumped in the cipher. They said I was pretty good and mm-hmm. started rapping everywhere from there. So, you know, uh, for me, I just always was like, where's the bag? Mm-hmm. So you could sell your mixtapes on the corners, but, you know, I, I kind of started to realize, like, go where like go where the bag is. So uh, for me, hip-hop was always just about... I like getting paid to freestyle. I like getting paid to go out and go rap somewhere. Like, I didn't want to sell mixtapes. I just didn't see the business end of it. Because niggas was always, buy my mixtape for like $3 and uh-huh. go buy a pack of Lucy's with that. Ain't getting nothing real with that. Right. So I always saw the money somewhere else. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was uh, selling airbrush T-shirts. <laughs> like, I always saw the money somewhere else. Niggas used to ask for, like, airbrush uh I used to airbrush niggas' Converse's. Mm-hmm. There was a time, there was a time when niggas rocked Converse's, <laughs> and I used to airbrush them joints. You know, whatever, whatever I could do to make money, I was always that hustler. So, mm-hmm. hip hop uh, is amazing, and I'm happy that we're in the age of video, yeah. where niggas, you know, pull their cameras out and they can get any kind of footage they want. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love seeing 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 people win. I love being able to grab the Kobe Bryant Mamba mentality on camera. You feel me? It's amazing. You know what I mean? So how, what major point in your life had you transitioned from the street life to a more legal way? Uh, my brother passed. Uh, I literally stood on a corner where we were pressed for something. Mm-hmm. And there was about five of us. There's about four of them that pulled up. Uh, the energy wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And I tried to t- kind of calm my people down because I knew it's just something ain't feel right. Mm-hmm. And I knew we could have fought hands. You know, we were young enough to we want to fight. Mm-hmm. I ain't think it, I, I, the energy ain't feel like they came to fight. Right. So I tried to get my brother out the window, uh, out the way. He was allowed. He was a pop off at the mouth kind of nigga. So mm-hmm. um, nigga had heart all the time, but. You know, he passed, and for me, I just didn't want to go out that way. Mm-hmm. So I just decided to get down to Florida for a little bit. Uh, I was only supposed to be here a week, yo. Like, mm-hmm. my mom, she moved to Florida as soon as I left high school, and I was only supposed to be here a week. I stayed for, like, 11 years, though. Yeah. Like, 
I had something I had to get away from for statute of limitations on it. Right. And I just I stayed. So Florida's been love. Uh, I how, how does this death still affect you today and everything that you do? I never trust any situation I'm in. I, it doesn't matter where I'm at. I, I'm, I'm never comfortable. I'm always... Like, I can tell you straight up. You my nigga. I don't like being back to the door. Like, what I'm saying is, like, I go to a restaurant. I don't like sitting with my back to the door. Sit I, I, I got to sit facing the door. I got to be, it has to be a wall behind me. I just, I'm always afraid of the creep up. I don't, I'm uncomfortable at stoplights. Mm-hmm. I'm one of them people where I live with an inbred paranoia that I never show, but I'm always afraid of the get back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I ain't to say I'm afraid, but I'm always uh, weary about it. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, that's just me. And Did I'm you, black. I mean, that's, that has to do with everything. <laughs> was your father active in your life? Uh, no, my pop was a drug dealer, so I seen him. Uh, I seen how he played the game. And, you know, uh, correction. Let me rephrase that statement. The man I thought was my father was mm-hmm. a drug dealer, so that's who I modeled a lot of things after. Mm-hmm. Uh, my actual father lived about 25 minutes from me, and I ain't even know that till I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. So, um, How'd you find out? Uh, child support. I, I mean, the letter came to the crib. You know, you, you, you know, I was getting money, so when I was getting money, I was opening the mail like I ran shit. Mm-hmm. I ain't running nothing, but I opened the mail one day, and it was... My mom had filed the petition for child support, um, and it had the nigga name in there, had the nigga address, had everything, and, mm-hmm. you know, tried to build from there. I've only met my biological father twice in my life. Do you, or do you think your mom has resentment towards either one of your fathers? Nah, Mom Dukes is good. Um, she, had, she had twin boys. One is no longer here, and... I do everything I can for her. So she doesn't, she's not mad at him. Uh, I think she has resentment for the fact that she had to accept my money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I'm not sure how as a parent you would feel if your 13 year old child pays the rent. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how you would, like, I'm not sure how you would feel if that's the case. Uh, and it's not from, you know, being an actor, there's no legal shit. Like, mm-hmm. times got tough. I was a pack boy. I knew what the... I mean, I, I knew what I was doing. So, like, mom's is good. I just think she wishes that I had a better upbringing. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't have to go through certain things so hard. For me, I got no resentment for my pop at all because my son was born before I could actually really hold that grudge. Yeah. Um, I had my kid young. Mm-hmm. And when my son was born, I just was like, I, right, I'm going to be a... I don't know how to... I have no clue how to be a father. Let me do everything mine didn't do. Mm-hmm. That's how I learned how to be a father. Speaking of your son, mm-hmm. your son has autism. Yes. He's autistic. When, when did you know that he had autism? As a first-time father, I used to rely on the Gerber emails. Uh-huh. So Gerber would send like an email every month, and it would say, at this month, your kid should be at this developmental level. By the time we got to month 11, mm-hmm. I was like, he's doing everything but talking. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, I, I let that slip. And I said, some kids, you know, develop late in certain things. 
So by the time he was about maybe 18 months, still wasn't talking. Like, still wasn't. I got dad for maybe two months, and then I stopped hearing dad. Mm-hmm. Um, just wasn't talking. So we went to go see a specialist. They they were trash. Um, I just don't think people know how to deal or are sensitive to know how to identify it. Mm-hmm. We didn't know until he was about maybe just about two years old. Yeah. We didn't get the official diagnosis till then. How did y'all... How did y'all react to that? Because it's not, I'm not a parent, but I can imagine learning about something that's severe and you have really no knowledge of it. How did y'all prepare for that going forward? I'm going to keep it a being. It didn't mean shit to me. And this is the only reason why I say that. My son at the same time was becoming an epileptic. Mm -hmm. And what I mean when I say that is he used to have fevers that would come out of nowhere and he would have seizures. Yeah, that was the biggest health scare. Mm-hmm. So autism, all right, that tells me where his development is. But my kid is probably having a seizure and having to be in the hospital once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. There was literally a year, uh, whatever year the Yankees won the World Series, uh, whatever year that was, he was in the hospital every month that year. Yeah, every single month. There was not a month we weren't in the hospital at least once or twice. Mm-hmm. Um, Nothing I could do. As a father, that's the most powerless feeling that I ever had. Autism, when I found out he had that diagnosis, I was able to adjust to it because that was not the most difficult struggle. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how much of a community there is for autism. I didn't realize... My son goes to an all 100% autistic school. Yeah. I didn't realize that there were things and resources like that for uh, kids with special needs. Epilepsy is the difficult one mm-hmm. because before we got it under control, mm-hmm. there was nothing we could do. You know, once he actually like was about five or six, we actually can get it under control. But prior to that, wasn't shit we could do but watch our kids suffer. Yeah, that must have been difficult for you and your wife. Speaking yeah. of, you just you said you don't really trust people. Yeah. So how do you balance that in the marriage where you almost have to trust? Your I don't partner? trust her. Hey, cut it out. I'm, I'm just, cut it out, man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, with my lady, what I noticed to be the best thing for us is we have literally gone through every high and low that you can go through in a relationship. Um, and as parents, mm-hmm. going through that together, if you're mature enough, you build together. That's key. If and that's, I gotta be real. If you're mature enough, you can start to build together with that person. Like I really was this crazy nigga who had no sense of direction. Mm-hmm. This is somebody who she had direction in everything she did. I'm a fun nigga. She's reserved. Like we became a balance of the things that we needed to be. Mm-hmm. I needed solidarity in my life. That's her structure for her family. So once we kind of got together and realized the the things we bring to each other made our relationship a hell of a lot better. Um, Problem I hate, though, is that she's the person who has to sit with her back to the damn fucking uh, wall. So I got to be the big man. I got to be the bigger person. And I got to sit. I got to 
be mm-hmm. uncomfortable. You know what I mean? But uh, mm-hmm. you do. I had to learn how to honestly be a husband. I had to learn how to be a, a parent with somebody else. I had to learn that shit. And I didn't have it when we first got married. I didn't have it when we first had our kid. I didn't have it two to three years into us being parents and us being married. I had to learn that shit. Mm-hmm. I never seen it. Mm-hmm. I copycatted everybody's relationship, but I never made one of my own. Right. Yeah. And who who was the person out of y'all? Cause I always ask this question, man. Talk to him. Who initiated? Oh, she I'm ran gonna, me. She ran me all the oh, way down, oh, bro. Okay. I hope she see this too. Yeah, she ran me all the way down. She know that. You how y'all, how y'all met? Know. So, all right. So, Mom Dukes. Interject. A lot of couples have conflicting stories on how they met. But There's proceed. no conflicting stories. So, literally, when I came to Florida, my mother had one rule. So, my mom is one of those ladies where she's like, yo, if you're going to be, be here, I only got one rule for you. So, her rule was that I had to go with her to church. Mm-hmm. That was her rule. She knew how wild I was. And I was still wild as hell back when I first came in. But mm-hmm. her rule was go to church. So, I went to church with her. And... I ain't gonna hold you. I'm not really built for, or at least at that age, I wasn't built to sit in the main sanctuary and listen to the. Mm-hmm. I ain't really care about all that. Mm-hmm. So she was like, nah, they got this little teen joint you can go to, go over there. So I did that. Met a couple niggas um, out there, and they would, they pulled me in, and they were like, yo, come hang out with us. So I'm vibing. And I'm sitting in church one day, and it's a little, 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 little pretty little number. You know what I mean? She, she, she see a guy. You know what I mean? And she's like, "Yo, come sit with me." And I'm, I'm with my brothers. I'm like, "Nah, hey man, you good? You good? It's okay. It's okay. I'll talk to you after service. You feel me?" Uh, so, at, at, at certain churches, they do this little part where you got to go give a neighbor a hug or some yeah, shit, yeah. something like that. And then she reinforced, "Hey, come sit with me." Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? You know me being the man I am. You know how old were y'all? I was eighteen. Uh, well, I'm 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 definitely the younger part uh, in this equation. Uh, so I was I was eighteen. Um, I'll just say she was a little older than me, and um, so I came. I sat next to her. You know, you respect your elders. Um, I sat next to her, and you know, you know, she, we passed a few notes. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We talked a little bit. You know, I, I had to put my game down. I bagged it. You know what I mean? It was light work. You know <clears> light. Light. Like, you know, it was a Tuesday. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. You know, so I bagged it. And, you know, I'm still with it. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, that's how my game, my game is so strong. You'll stay with me for mad years. You feel me? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what I do, man. So you talk about how y'all met. Y'all mm-hmm. met in church. Yeah. Which, church, the Christian faith has been a big part of your life. You've been to some bad churches. Mm-hmm. The church you, we met at was a bad church. When you go to a bad church, quote unquote, how does that affect, how did that affect your faith? And how do you think it affects people's faith? Because when people leave churches, they tend to not they tend to doubt God or mm-hmm. they doubt his power. Or they just simply don't believe anymore from being church hurt. So for me, it didn't affect me at all. because um, I just stopped listening. I was a hood nigga when I walked in the building. I was trying to know who Jesus was. And the issue with that was, so there's the part where you become a Christian, and then there's the educational part from the original Mm -hmm. Christianity. So that is what we call 
um, which I can't even think of it right now. Uh, nigga, it's something. It's uh, niggas are trying to be, like people go to school to be educated further on the Christian yeah. faith. Yeah. So when I first got, when I was first trying to become a Christian, um, you know these. The cats I was around, they were already on that higher level. Okay. They were on the, the big boss level, and I'm still trying to just learn how to become a Christian. Right. It didn't mesh. No. So, like, I would be at church, and I'd be like, yo, same shorty I bagged, you know what I mean, when I was talking about yeah. earlier. I would take her. The church was right beside a mall. Okay. So I would just pick her up, and we would just go to the mall across the street during service because I ain't want to. Mm-hmm. Niggas lost me, you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 don't, I don't fake it. I didn't know what niggas was talking about. Theology, mm-hmm. that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. I don't know what niggas was talking about. Like, I knew how to count drugs, money. Uh, I knew how to, if we talking ounces, I mean, we could do that. Mm-hmm. But I ain't know nothing about agape, uh, agape love, gyros love, filios love, mm-hmm. helio, kratos. I ain't know about none of that nigga. Like, I ain't know nothing about it until, like, I really... Like, actually learn how to be a Christian, like, 12 years later. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Niggas, like, everybody was on it. I, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to... <laughs> so, like, I could rap. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, like, try to rap. Like, but, you know, say I love Jesus with it. But initially, niggas was like, you know, it's called THH. I'm like, nigga, I just want to rap. <laughs> it's called THH. Mm-hmm. Like, niggas would argue with me about the what it's called. I'm not one of them niggas. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't belong to them. Mm-hmm. I be, like. I just love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Can I just love Jesus? No, it's called CHH. Why? So, why is it difficult for people to separate having a relationship with a building and people having their own personal relationship with God? When did you really form your own relationship with God? Because niggas is hoes. Um, I agree. I mean, and I want you to understand the full context of my answer. I think I might understand the full context of your answer. No, I think people follow what has been done for eons upon eons upon eons. My grandmother did it this way. I'm going to do it this way. My mom did it this way. Like, people follow what they see. Tradition. For me, I didn't grow up with tradition. Mm-hmm. You know, the only tradition I ever had was putting uh, Kool-Aid in the ice cube joint and putting the ice cubes in the freezer. That was the only tradition I ever knew. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's it. And going, I mean... That was my tradition. As far as church goes, everything they do is new to me. So if it don't work for me, by the you know by the law of the land, like I don't care. Mm-hmm. So like I just wanted to sit down and read the Bible. So like for me, the best part of church is Bible study. Yeah, because I ain't got to hear like I ain't had to hear niggas theology. Mm-hmm. Niggas open the Bible, read it. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. That's how it worked for me. People put so much faith into the building, they believe in the pastor becomes their God more than God becomes their God. Uh, 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 uh. And I had to learn how not how not to fall into that uh, trap. Uh, uh. Like, literally, you hear people, a lot of people say, yo, when I was in the teen ministry, I was fully in. And as soon as I got out of that, screw it. Because uh-huh. that was like their social club. That was what they were a part of. That's where their friends were. As soon as you lose those, you don't really have much. And a lot, of, a lot of people just don't grow it. The mm-hmm. Bible really isn't something that grows. Mm-hmm. The faith isn't something that grows. It carries on. It's the same thing over and over and over. It's repetitive. It's applying it that people grow. Mm-hmm. The text has not changed. Niggas make different versions of it. It's still the same text. <laughs> Niggas make different versions of it. It's still the same. 
thou shalt not sin, a.k.a. sin not, or <laughs> niggas do the Yoda treatment on it, but it's still the same. Mm-hmm. It's still the same text. So, like, I just, I, I, I like the, let's talk about the text. Don't talk to me about your politics. Just tell me about the text, and I'm good, dude. Yeah. You have, uh, I've experiences with you. You have a team-oriented type of spirit. You're always, always. for the team, for the team. Yeah. But when do you cut that and start being, I have to do what's best for me? Because from you have, I've seen this in real time, mm-hmm. you have sacrificed things for yourself to the benefit of others and the detriment of yourself. Right. So when did you learn or have you learned to, okay, it's time for me to start doing what's best for Joe? I got coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Be dead as on. Before I got coronavirus, I got real sick, uh, which I think I get, it was. I got coronavirus then too. Um, so I got sick back, back in. in the- <laughs> I got sick back in November uh, uh-huh. last year, uh, and I got sick again in March. Uh, no, excuse me, April. Yeah, it was April. Mm-hmm. They felt the same. Felt the same shit to me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but when I got sick on both occasions. Uh, it changed my life up a bit. Yeah. So when I came back home back in November, it was, all right, I'm focused. Let's get to it. Um, let's get to the bag. Teamwork, 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 teamwork. When I got sick this last time, I came back to the biggest check that I've ever seen in my life, and I put in the work fully on it. Mm-hmm. Like I created the, the relationship. I cultivated it. I used it to make money. I had to stop thinking, okay, let me take care of everybody else before I take care of myself. I started taking care of myself, and then I can also still take care of anybody who needs me. And that's where I had to realize there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Like, take care of, like, be there for any for everybody. You can be there for everybody else. You can't take care of everybody else. So I'm always, going to, I'm always going to be there for anybody there's nobody I'm, I'll switch sides on. I'm always be there for anybody. I just had to learn how to take care of Joey. Mm-hmm. And take care of me and take care of my family and take care of my brothers still. I'm always going to be team first. It's just that had to, I had to slide that down. So where I'm going to be first at with my brothers is I'm going to mm-hmm. always be there. But I got to make, you know, business, business is booming right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm very grateful, but... I had to take care of me first. I would say that's probably one of your greatest strengths, that you're a team player. I see most people holler it. They're not really team players. I don't have to be the most opinionated person on the team. If we have a mi- yeah. if we have a mission, what's the mission? What do I need to do on my part to execute? Execution is key for me. Mm-hmm. To me, are you doing it more than are you just saying it? Mm-hmm. That's my challenge to myself every day is... I, I keep, you know, I try to create that circle of that. That's what I'm around. You can say, "I right, this is the way we need to do it," mm-hmm. but then if you ain't doing that every day, fuck, I care about what you're saying. Right. Like I need, like I had to start making sure that I was that first example of that. Yeah. Instead of saying, "Hey, yo, I'm doing this right now, bro." Nah. I know what I'm doing business-wise. I just shut up about it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And that, like, I, silence. I see you, man. I see you. Just had to change things up. I see you, man. Had to change up. A little bit? Just a, a sconch. A sconch? Just a sconch. How vital of a role has your wife played in your life? Even during the good and bad times, as you, as you mentioned. Um, well, would you be the same, Joe, no, if she was no. not? 
Nah, that's like, like 50 kids if it wasn't for my wife. That's a slut. He, he's not lying. I was wild out here. Anyway, um, no, nah, I can be honest. Uh, no, the, the vital role that my lady has played is, quite frankly, I'm better when you challenge me. Mm. In whatever we're doing. Mm. Challenge me. Put a challenge out. You, you get bored easily? I wouldn't say I get bored easy. I just don't give a fuck easy. <laughs> like, if I'm being real with you, like, I'm one of them niggas where it's like, I could just stop caring. Like, uh-huh. and that was a problem of mine in the beginning of my relationship. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I just would stop giving a fuck. Mm-hmm. And my lady would challenge me to not say I want to be the best version of myself, but challenge, like, yo, get the fuck up. Let's, you said you have this vision. You want to do this. This is what you want to do. Get up and get at it. Start sending this. Start doing this. Start doing that. So Shorty would send me little success letters of this person. Well, Bobby Hundreds does it this way. Like, she would show me things that people in the same field and be like, this is what they're doing. And I have this vision of what I want to ultimately see, but I ain't putting in the work in. And Shorty is one of those people where it's like, if ever I slip up, if ever I stop, if ever I lose a little bit of intensity... She's that punch that I need to make sure I get where I need to go. So I give her, shorty, I give you a lot of credit. I'm giving you all the credit because niggas me. But nah, I'm joking. I, I give her so much damn credit, man. Like, real niggas need a queen beside them. Huh? And I'm very grateful that I got mine. I don't need, I don't need a hundred. I need the one I got. What's the biggest flaw that you're still working on that you may not ever get over? Because, I say that because I think all of us, we say that we're striving for perfection, which doesn't exist, mm-hmm. right? And when we're doing these things, even if you get rid of a flaw, you'll probably pick up a new one for your human being. Mm-hmm. What is one thing, it may have been, it may, may persist until the day you die, but one thing you see is it's glaring to you. So not necessarily what our wives may say about us, although there may be some truth to that. <laughs> Or what our friends and our mentors, but something that you know at your core that prevents you from connecting to other people and really servicing people like you should. Picking up this phone and actually making a phone call. That's my biggest flaw. I text. If I don't text, nigga, you just won't Matter of fact, you're not really a phone type of nigga, man. I'm really not. I'm, I'm, if I see you, so I'm, I'm a block nigga. So, like, this is the... The, the issue... <laughs> hold on, hold on. I have to be real. The issue that I've always had is I'm better in person. The niggas I, I grew up with, like, yo, we vibe because we were all on the same block. I didn't call niggas. Nigga, you coming outside today? I never was that kind of person. Yo, whoever outside, that's who I'm rocking with. Mm-hmm. I know you my nigga, but I don't pick up the phone. Okay. This is where I'm weak. Mm-hmm. I pick up the phone to cultivate relationships. I pick up the business relationships. Yeah, and that's only, where, only. Like, that, <laughs> that's where I know I'm weak at. Because mm-hmm. I can make a nigga feel like, yo, this nigga don't care. And it's just that I'm just not that, like, I just never been that nigga. Like, it's like, I'm not picking it up. And it's mm-hmm. got nothing to do with whoever, whoever. It's just. I've, I've known Joe for a few years now. I've probably talked to him on the phone maybe five times. <laughs> I call him. He'll hit me back through text. Yeah, what's good? What you need? And he really means that. What you need? He, he own it. But to sit on the phone for a long period of time, that's not. I ain't gonna good. hold you, bro. Like I used to sit on the phone with females for like hours. We all did. And niggas be like, "Yo, no, you gonna use your phone and you gonna call your bro." And I'm like, "Nigga, that's gay." Like <laughs> I don't know. Like in my mind, that's how 
I never changed. It was like so. Like now, mm-hmm. I literally could tell you. Last night, I'm on the phone talking with somebody, and it's a business thing, but it's not a negative thing. Like we, we could build a little bit, but I'm trying to get to the bag ultimately. If I had that conversation with you. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't feel no different about me than how you feel when we face to face because I'm always going to show love. I'm never going to be a side-biting type of dude. I'm going to say to you whatever is real. That's just who I am. I've always been that kind of person. So, yeah, my biggest flaw is picking up the stoop, is picking up the damn phone, bro. Um, What's a good strength that you have? One of your good strengths for me, this is an outside perspective, is you're a team player. And I think that's... A great quality to have. I think it's one of the more underrated qualities that that people can obtain or people can have, because nothing works without a team. Right. You can be the star, but you're the star of the team, yeah. especially if you're trying to get something done uh, with another, with other group of people. But you, for you, because and I, I be asking these questions because a lot of us listen to what other people tell us, right. and they may be true, they may not be true. But if you study yourself and you're introspective enough, you'll know what you're really good at. No, what do you fun. think you're really good at? Being there for somebody. Don't say any sexual shit. Nah, nah, nah. I, ain't gonna I know, that. I know how you are. Go ahead. Put a ring on me, Nah, um, I'm there for whoever. So like, yeah. here's the thing about me, bro. Like, if my line does ring, even if it's yeah, somebody you don't have a good relationship with at the time, don't fucking matter. If my line rings, I'm a hundred percent. Like, we ain't got to talk every day. We ain't got to speak. I, I would get in trouble if I told you the amount of people that call me, that text me, that jump in a Facebook inbox or an Instagram inbox and just simply ask for a little prayer. I don't represent the faith. I'm not the poster boy of the Christian faith. I can tell you that 100%. I'm not. But regardless of that, if a nigga need, <laughs> if a nigga need help filing for unemployment, mm-hmm. if a nigga need $40 so he get paid, Whatever it is, like I ain't mm-hmm. I ain't no bank, but I'm if I can help, I'm here for it. Right. I've never turned my hand against anybody. If I mm-hmm. can help you, however I can help you, whatever I can help you with, mm-hmm. I'm fuck I'm gonna be there. Yeah. Um for me that's a strength because I seen a nigga no, I didn't see. I've had somebody in my old neighborhood commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And his mother saying at his funeral Nigga felt she felt like she wasn't there enough. That's not words I want to ever hear. I don't want to. F- you know how bad you would feel if somebody that you have reached to, mm-hmm. somebody that you have reached to, committed suicide, and it's like, fuck. Mm-hmm. So I never want to be that person. Like that's why, like in face to face, I'm right. so much better at. Yo, know, I'm approachable to everybody. I show love to everybody I see at an event, whatever. I just suck on the phone. But if a nigga call me, I got no problem. Yo, let me hit you. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. What is, what's going on? I got no problem being there for somebody because I don't want to see somebody uh, take that risk because they feel <clears> like ain't nobody there. We This, this is good because you're big on suicide prevention. You know, obviously know you're an expert in, I'll tell you this the wrong way, guys, in knowing what depression feels like. Mm-hmm. How come? Because this is a way report. We're going to keep it all the way real. Let's do it. When you're going through something, you don't reach out to people. Why is that? I've had somebody tell me, yo, bro, I, I know you're going through something, but I'm going through my own shit right now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it took that one person to say that. I never. It, it's got nothing to do with 
anybody that's close to me. Because mm-hmm. I know I could pick up the phone right now. Well, we in the same room. Yeah, but yeah. I know I could call you <laughs> yeah. and be like, yo, Tay, I'm struggling right now. Mm-hmm. Having one person tell me, bro, my wife just had a miscarriage. And I'm not putting, I'm not saying, should, having somebody tell me, bro, my wife just had a miscarriage and you talking to me about. That's a real thing. It's just that small little Everybody got scars, right? That's right? So that small little dejection that I had right there, I remember how I felt getting off that phone. Now I'm I'm already depressed, but now I feel worse because it's like I just try to throw my shit onto somebody else. Let me man the fuck up mm-hmm. and try to deal with my own shit. That's how I've always taken it. It's got right. nothing to do with anybody else. It's just I fear that dejection again. Mm. I want to say rejection, but dejection sounds better. I don't even know if that's a fucking word. But I fear that. Like I fear like reaching out to somebody and literally they tell me, that's crazy. That, that shit. I hate, yo, you're not listening to me if I'm like, yo, I tell you this whole long shit that's going on with me. That's crazy. (laughs) I will fucking lose my mind. I've done that to people before. I will fucking... I do it. Um, I'll admit it. But I will fucking lose my mind if you that's crazy me. And it's just like, nah, I'd rather deal with the shit in silence or try to reach out to the safest possible space that I can. And the fucked up problem with it is that the majority of the time, it's still nobody. Mm. So... um, yeah, I got my flaws. I'm not in any way, shape, or form hiding them. How do you deal with your depression internally? Because you go in and out of depression. I want to say often, because that that'll be wrong. But you enough to where you know it's real. Right. Um, I would say the biggest thing for me is, and the way I've always been able to overcome it, is to stop actually giving a fuck about things like that so much like I used to oh man I I can't wait to win like I I gotta get to the win I gotta get to the win I can't wait to get to the win and then I just started asking myself what the fuck is the win (laughs) like it was just a fucking thing I was saying all the time Mm -hmm. like yo come on my niggas we're gonna get to the win Mm -hmm. we're gonna get to the win I'm not cutting nets I don't play fucking basketball like Mm -hmm. what the fuck is the win Mm -hmm. so I just had to actually get to the point where it was just like Put everything in perspective. Set a goal for mental health. Therapy is so fucking important. Find your th- finding my therapy is what made things better for me. My therapy truly uh, is seeing a business created from nothing thrive and not have to say a fucking word about it. Mm-hmm. Creating an Instagram page for something and getting people to like it and it don't have to be attached to me whatsoever. People not even realizing that they're supporting a business... It's a black-owned business, and I don't have to fucking say shit about it. I don't have to promote it. I don't have to do anything. It could be on its fucking own, and that's the thing I always thought was trash. I I see people win, but they win off of not something that... They win off of their name. They win off of their clout. Mm -hmm. It's not them. It's not what they created. It's the clout of them that that's why they're winning. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that person. I want to create something that's viable whether the fuck I'm here or not. Mm-hmm. Whether you like me or love me or hate me, you don't fucking have to have that attached to it. Mm-hmm. You see something, you like it, you're like, oh, that's dope. And you get it. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to create that and, quite frankly, seeing that consistently build and keeping it the fuck away from my name, it's fucking awesome. Because mm-hmm. you'd be surprised how many people like look at shit that you looked at but don't even rec- recognize that you own it. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I can't let you leave. <laughs> Nigga, I'm home, son. I can't let you leave. 
Okay, let's talk about it. Let's do it. I'm on the hot seat. Of the most recent. Of the most recent happenings in the United States. Talk to me. George Floyd, Amar Aubrey. Mm-hmm. Upcoming election. Yeah. Trump. Just this time right now. Yeah. How are, first and foremost, how are y'all dealing with it as a family? You, your son, and your, and your wife. Because that's your first ministry. And then how are you as a black man um, dealing with it? Honestly. So my son um, understands the news now. He understands that he is chocolate and that people on the news often are chocolate with, a, a, you know, an RIP or a year of birth and year of death beside their face. Mm-hmm. My son recognizes that pain that's in my face. I teach my son daily. Let's do what we can to be happy and let's follow let's follow all the rules. If somebody says do something, let's do it. I teach my son this often. And the reason being is because I fear every single day for my son. What happened to Ahmaud Aubrey makes me fear for my son. What happened to George Floyd makes me fear for my son. I fear for my son every single fucking day. And the biggest reason is because we're both black. Has no no other reason. Mm-hmm. It's no other reason. I'm regardless of when y'all see this, I've protested. I've protested this most recent passing. And I have this feel feeling and fear every single day that people will always consistently see the people who tear who's tearing the fuck up out of their city as opposed to the people who protest peacefully. Mm-hmm. CNN spent three hours talking about how their facility was getting damaged instead of counterclockwise talking about the peaceful protests happening in the exact same city. Mm-hmm. Got zero coverage. But we got to talk about the, the, the people who are tearing shit up. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, 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 a, I'm a black man in America, and for my family, I got I to gotta show them that this isn't our brightest hour, but... Things will get better. Mm-hmm. For me personally, though, I, uh, I, I've always said and never forgot how the fuck Trump acted for Charlottesville. Never forgot. Mm-hmm. I never forgot being called sons. I never forgot when he called the NFL sons of bitches in the same year. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of parallels. Those parallels equal one thing for me. It's fucking racist. Mm-hmm. I don't care who. Trump, you're fucking racist. <laughs> I don't care how many times it's got to be said. I don't care who needs to hear it. I know I don't really curse too much. But that nigga's a fucking racist. So, for me, the officer who killed George Floyd, mm-hmm. it's a racist. Mm-hmm. The district attorney who put out that BS third degree murder, he's a racist. I get the system. System isn't supposed to work for us. System isn't supposed to reward us. System isn't supposed to justify us in moments when shit happens. So mentally for me, fuck them. Fuck them. Justice for George Floyd probably will be the same justice that we get for Ahmaud. It's unfortunate. Which will probably be the same justice that George Zimmerman got. I don't expect it. The system's never worked for us, even when we put it on 
fucking camera. Mm-hmm. They've never, never, they've never given us the glimmer of hope that things will change. Mm-hmm. And when they do it, they shut the fuck. They do it silently. Mm-hmm. There's been some cases where black people have won, but it's it, it it's not in the moments when it needs to happen the most. I agree. This is clear as day, mm-hmm. but it won't happen. It will still be vilified. We'll be thugs. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. We'll be thugs. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll. We'll have a peaceful protest for a few weeks and then niggas will die down and then people will forget. And then people like me who can't ever forget it will make songs or make t-shirts or we'll bring it up at the year anniversary prior to that. And people will only care about it once a year. I don't want that shit anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't want George Floyd to be remembered next year and then the year after that and then the year after that and then in between nothing. We don't people don't say shit about Mike Brown. I hate every single person that hashtags Black Lives Matter. Because I could go back four months from now and I wouldn't, I promise you, you wouldn't have seen this shit once. Mm. I hate it. I hate the temporary person who wants to be an activist to see change, but won't fucking stick throughout the process. Mm. This should have showed me that we need people that can actually create the process and be able to keep people willing to fight for this system. I'm realizing, fuck basketball, fuck sports. We need to be teaching these kids how to be lawyers. We need to teach these kids how to be lawmakers. We need to teach Mm -hmm. these kids how to go to fucking college. Mm -hmm. You become a shining example to those people now because you sought your college education and then furthered it even after graduating. True. Nigga, you graduated like nine times in your life. How many times you got to walk the stage, nigga? You've heard that song like it's a ringtone. I'm joking, um, but I'm serious. No, but we had like I'm now. I'm at that point where it's like, all right. Clearly, it's not going to change for my generation. It's not going to change in my lifetime, mm-hmm. or at least I'm old and decrepit. Mm-hmm. I gotta help make some of these kids want to be lawmakers. Mm-hmm. I gotta take the anger that my 18 year old sister feels at this very moment. My 17 year old. Will be 18 in three days. Uh, nephew, I got to change his attitude. I have another 18-year-old nephew that I have to talk to. Because now I want all three of them to now become the new coalition of people who want to make change in this fucking country. Mm-hmm. Because now I'm clearly seeing it. We had fucking... Trayvon was 2012. We forget that. The fuck have we done since then? Mm-hmm. Except let the name, let the name die down. You remember when we, in every major city in America, there was a peaceful protest. There was a demand for change. Prior to me saying the name Trayvon Martin, take away what just happened to both Ahmad and George Floyd. Mm. When the fuck have you done anything for Trayvon Martin and even mentioned him that did not involve his birthday or the anniversary of his death? Mm. That's what's got to change. That's what I'm focused on. That's where now my direction... Now, now niggas woke me the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Because it's, be, it's bigger than Black Lives Matter when somebody died. It's bigger than just hashtagging the name. Now we have to take action. And the appropriate action, there's no fucking leadership. There's nobody to step up and say, hey, don't burn shit down. Mm-hmm. Go after them. To express your anger, internalize it. And then pull, pour all of it onto the person who did mm-hmm. it. And you do that legally. 
Because that's what they do. They fuck us legally every year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. Did, did, yeah. did you cash a stimulus check? Because if you did, <laughs> uh, guess what's going to happen this very time next year, uh, April 15th next year? You'll have to pay all that shit back, but you just don't understand all that. It's a, a half of it back. You get taxed out the ass on it. Um, let's see, how else do they make their money back when they feed us little crumbs? Um, then they'll raise your taxes. Um, then they'll take more out of your paycheck. They won't give it back. Um, then when you do become social, you know that little, when you look at your paycheck, if you work a legal job, there's a little section that says Social Security and Medicare. Right. So that money is supposed to come back to you. It's supposed to, you're supposed to see some of that when you get, you know, 55, 65. They tax it. Mm-hmm. So they take out money, tax it. So that when you look at your check, they take out Social Security and Medicare. You can't control that. Then they tax it. But then when it's time to get your Social Security and Medicare, they tax that too. Mm-hmm. You got to realize they, they fucking, the, the, game, the game is meant to be played. They play the game the best because they don't fucking tell us the rules. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of not knowing the fucking rules. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of pretending like, yo, that's okay. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help build the next generation of lawmakers. Yeah. And then we're going to be coming for what you guys have been doing for years upon years upon years. Fuck them. Hey, fuck them. Fuck them. Yeah, that's how I feel. You know what I mean? I hate that. My, you know what I mean? Hold on. <clears throat> fuck them. Any final words? Fuck them. <laughs> for the Wave Report viewers? Oh, no. Nah. Hey, man, subscribe <laughs> to the Wave Report page. Uh, YouTube.com slash the Wave Report 813. Facebook.com slash the wave report 813. Uh, Instagram.com uh, slash the wave report 813. And if not, fuck them. Hey, like and subscribe to the page. We'll have a Patreon soon as soon as they stop trying us. Uh, fuck them. And Joe, since people haven't seen you in a while, thank you for coming on the wave report. This I'm is back, part. Baby. This is part. I'm home. His podcast, but he's never our, here. Our, our podcast. So what do you think I was here for? Nine, for like. But like I had to get Joe on. I had episodes. to get him on so we know more about who he is. Oh yeah, that's right. This nigga's never here. That's a fact. I, I was here fifty six straight weeks, nigga. That's, not that's true. A, that's a it's year. Not, not true at all. Hey, follow the wave report, man. We'll get with y'all soon. Fifty five. All right.